When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back for another episode of the Hockey News on the A podcast. I'm Jacob Stoller alongside Patrick Williams, virtually, I guess not necessarily alongside um, as usual. Get set, getting set here for the first episode of the show in 2023. Pat, how are we doing? Good, good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, just, I was saying this before the show, I pronunciations are not my best thing and I, I don't even know what, see, now I'm tricking myself. I said Eli Tolvanen. Or Ellie Tolvanen, whatever one of them. See, like now I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot. Why did I even bring this up? But that's uh, yeah, I brought that up to take the morning skate to a player. Um, they asked me who I was talking about because I butchered their name so bad. So yeah, I'm I'm doing all right, doing all right. Just one of those days, you know. We all we've all been there, you know. Absolutely. Just, just like we say with players, start it off, move on. It's a new day. Hundred percent on that front. And actually, today is an exciting day because the All Star. Um, teams have come out for the AHL. The All-Star Game will be taking place in Laval this year. Really interesting cast of characters and something that I didn't even understand fully, um, and I don't even know if I, if I do even now, is how there's players that are currently in the, in the NHL um, that are being named, and there's certain situations where players that are in the NHL can come back down to the AHL and play. Like, what goes into that, Pat, for people that don't really know? It's a lot of... Uh... <clears throat> A little bit of guesswork, right? You know, uh, sort of anticipating, you know, what teams might do, NHL clubs might do with players. Uh, I think sometimes it's also a wish list. You know, well, we'll put this player on the list in the in the hopes that uh, it's about a month away that uh, by then he'll be able to come down, or and or the NHL club will, even if he's on the NHL roster, will allow him to come down for the weekend. It, uh, there's a lot of, though, like uh, you'll see in the next few weeks, there's a lot of changes. Um, you'll see players come, players go, um, you know, and even sometimes right up to the day of the event, uh, players run into travel issues or, uh, <clears throat> you know, just they're called up that day or, you know, uh, you know, the NHL resumes play the day after the All-Star, the NHL All-Star game. So, you know, sometimes guys get pulled last minute because the NHL team wants them ready just in case there's a call up. So uh, it's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of touch and go uh, on that front. Laval's a pretty good place to host it too. Hey, in the mini bell center. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the top buildings in the league. Uh, Have you been there yet? Yes. Yeah, uh, it is. A mini bell center is a good way to describe it. Uh, you know, it's uh, seats around over 10,000 uh, open five years ago. So it's, right up to the state of the art, you know, all the NHL amenities. Um, it's really, yeah, just a scaled down NHL facility. Uh, it's about maybe 20 minutes uh, from, from, from the bell center. You can actually get there on the, on the Metro there. So it's uh, super convenient, you know, for anybody that's coming uh, to the event, uh, you can either stay in Laval or stay downtown Montreal and uh, you know, make your way back and forth. So it's uh it's a good way. It's a good place. And it, certainly logistically for the league, it's good in the sense that, uh, <clears throat> You have direct air service, you know, from just about everywhere in the league. Um, that was tough for, you know, I know for a few times when, you know, 
in some of the smaller markets, you didn't necessarily have that uh, airline service. So, you know, players were, you know, trying to get from, you know, the West Coast all the way to East Coast, you know, to a smaller city like Utica. And, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, this should be, it should be a great event. It's been three years here in the making. And uh, finally, they'll be able to, looks like, pull it off. So let's get to the players that'll be, as of now, um, heading to Laval to compete. There's four teams. There's the Atlantic Division, the North Division, the Central Division, and the Pacific Division. Um, let's start off with the Atlantic Division. And we have – so there's two goalies per team, about four defensemen, and uh, one, two – I don't even know why it's hard to say the numbers. But there's a lot of players um, here. Let, let's just get to it. Samuel Bullduke of the Bridgeport Islanders, um, defenseman, and then goaltender Brandon Boosie of the Providence Bruins, uh, Ford Will Cully of the Hartford Wolfpack, for Tyson Forster of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, Ethan Frank Ford of the Hershey Bears, uh, Matthew Highmore of Springfield Thunderbirds, he's a Ford, and his teammate Joel Hofer, goaltender for the Spring- Springfield Thunderbirds, we join him as well. Uh, and then we have Ford Vanilla Terry of the Providence Bruins. Riley Nash, another four of the Charlotte Checkers. Um, Xavier Ouellette of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, defenseman there. Mike Vecchioni of the Hershey Bears, forward. And then the last one is defenseman Cam York, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who is currently with Philadelphia. And I guess we can slate him as to be determined if he'll attend. Pat, first glance at this list. Any surprises? Any, you know snubs like where's your where's your mind at with that group yeah i mean snubs are tough just because you have to have a team every team represented and then you have you know x number you know players for four uh, position you have eight um you know you have you know depending on the division you have eight teams uh, like the pacific division has 10 teams uh so you know others have seven so it's a little tough in that regard um but uh you know overall i like uh the the pitch for the Atlantic division really, I mean, I love everything about Brandon Bussey's game this year in net for Providence uh, came out of Western Michigan um, after a really good career there um, got signed as a free agent by Boston um, actually started the year in the ECHL got an opportunity with an injury in Providence and uh, stepped in and just been fantastic. And then just, you know, a lot of good solid veterans there as well. Uh, and then Paul Duke has been fantastic. I think for, for Bridgeport, I uh, uh, highly talented prospect for the New York Islanders. So, uh, you know, all in all, I like that list. Speaking of Bull Duke, what have you liked about his game this year? It seems like, you know, you're not alone in saying that he's taken a big step in that regard. I like that just, you know, he's, you know, I always look with, with young defensemen, especially at this level is the level of assertiveness. Um, you know, how confident are they out there? How, how willing are they to push the play? And yet also not, not play recklessly. And, uh, I feel like he's, he's just continues to progress. Uh, you know, Bridgeport's in a little bit of a tough spot right now. You know, they've had a lot of call-ups and, you know, lineup, uh, issues, but, um, he's been steady. Uh, so, um, I like that he's willing to shoot the puck a lot. Uh, you know, I feel, feel like that always is, um, you know, a good sign with young defensemen, uh, that they have that confidence. Um, and you know, he's now in his third year here, you know, the third-ish year, let's say, that first year, that pandemic season was a little bit, you know, as we've said many times before, not quite the real thing. But um, he's taken good steps, and, uh, you know, I think he's right on track there for the Islanders. One guy that we've talked about before as well is Joel Hofer. Guy continues mm-hmm. to to really tear it up. Was rewarded with a two-year extension um, as well. 
I think it's fair to say this is a guy that is on the cusp of making the 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 jump and and maybe even not just being a a backup or on the roster, but maybe getting a decent serving of games as well. Yeah, it's his net this year in Springfield. Last year, he shared it with uh, Charlie Lindgren, which I thought was good for him uh, for his development as a right. rookie. Have a real good, steady veteran like like Lindgren there, and Lindgren's obviously gone on to uh, you know, get himself a three year deal in the NHL. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's been really good for him in that regard. Um, and now this year, it's exactly what you like to see that that steady progression. Now it's his net. Uh, now he's the number one guy there. Um, and uh, he's he's really taking around with that. I, I I really liked the the experience he got last last spring in the playoffs. I thought that was a great way for him to wrap up a rookie season. They went uh, all the way to the Calder Cup final. Obviously, they ran into you know just a powerhouse team like Chicago last year. But um, all in all, it was uh, you know I thought you know great foundation that he he set up last year. Now this year he's just taking it that much further. 100%. Let's move on to the North Division All-Stars. And uh, so I'll go through, I'll go by position this time, probably makes the most sense. Um, let's start with the forwards. There's Alex Barry Boulay, the Syracuse Crunch. It's actually his second appearance, um, a second All-Star appearance. Um, Brandon Byro of the Rochester Americans. Gabriel Dumont of the Syracuse Crunch. Anthony, is it uh, Anthony Richard or Richard? Richard. Richard. Mm-hmm. I should know that. Um, Laval Rocket, Logan Charlotte, Toronto Marlies, Igor Sokolov of the Belleville Senators, and those are the forwards heading to the tournament. Um, and then on defense, you've got Noel Hoffemar from the Toronto Marlies, David Yerichek from the Cleveland Monsters, Darren Reddish from the Syracuse Crunch, along with Justin Barron from the Laval Rocket. And then between the pipes, you got Joseph Wall of the Toronto Marlies, along with Nico Dawes of the Utica Comets. Um, you know, for me, the first thing that i think is it's pretty cool to see joe wall on this all-star group he's mm-hmm. played like nine games this year but it's certainly well deserved i think he's undefeated <laughs> well, he's played a couple games i mean you know probably almost our equivalent to two two games uh you know like this past sunday he played um he was in net against laval and faced 58 shots stopped 56 of them they were uh Toronto was outshot uh, 58-17 and managed to pull out a 4-2 win. So, you know, it was all on him. Um, he was fantastic. Um, you know, he's uh, he's healthy again. Um, so, yeah, he's been a real nice success story for the Marlies. Absolutely. I would also argue that Joe Wall's the best goalie prospect the Leafs have had in there for, for a long time. I think a lot of, of people have forgotten um, his pedigree, given the fact that last year he was, you know, actually throughout the last – you know, two or three seasons, I feel like he's had not just one, but two injuries at least. And that's kind of put him in the back burner. COVID also wiped away. And, you know, as we said, it's a weird year in 2020, 2021. Yeah. So now Wall is, is playing at his peak, you know, 934 save for eight games and a nod to the All-Star game as well. Uh, Justin Barron is someone that uh, he, he gets quite a lot of hype online. I see. I want to know what you think about his season that led to him getting the nod. Um. With him, I mean, first, you know, the, the hype, I think, you know, I mean, hype can be, you know, you know, artificial, overblown or artificial, but, uh, right. um, you know, Laval's had a lot of trouble this year, you know, at different points, uh, especially at the start of the year was really rough for them. And, uh, you know, I, what I like about him is last year he was in Colorado with the Eagles. He got a great foundation there with Greg Cronin, the head coach there, who's a real taskmaster in terms of, um, you know, 
the smallest details in your game. And I think that was great for a young defenseman like that, especially that, you know, the guy who came in, you know, is, you know, definitely a skilled defenseman. Right. And so like learning a lot of those, you know, little details away from the puck and, you know, coverages and all those things that aren't necessarily uh, glamorous parts of the game, but are extremely necessary. He got that foundation early and then moved on to the, uh, you know, that trade last year for, for Lekkonen at the deadline. And um, he came in now, he's gotten himself a call up to the, to the Habs. And um, he's just had a real, a lot like uh, Ball Duke, a good steady progression so far early on in his career. Igor Sokolov, he's someone where he, he had to take a big step and he has. Um, is he a player where, where we could expect to see him in, continuous all-star games the next couple of years or, or is he on the cusp? I think he's on the cusp. Yeah. Um, you know, he's usually he's plastic power forward type. Uh, he came in that pandemic season, uh, really opened up a lot of eyes. I mean, they, I think they were, they were optimistic, um, you know, coming in, he's a second rounder. So, you know, there was certainly, uh, uh, some optimism, but you know, he was a second rounder, um, as a 20 year old. So that's a little bit of a different, uh, <clears throat> scenario there. And he came in and, Granted, you know, the level of play was down that year, but he came in and he certainly did his job. And it came back, um, you know, depending on who you talk to, you'd say last year was maybe a little bit of a down year from, from what was expected. But nevertheless, uh, you know, he's come back this year, uh, just been absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, he's another player who's willing to shoot the puck, go into the dangerous areas. And uh, I've, I liked his progression a lot. So, yeah, I, I think this will probably be his last All-Star game because, you know, I think it would be up with Ottawa before too long. Before we move on, I'd be remiss not to mention Noel Hoffenmeyer, who mm-hmm. in his first AHL season, his first full season, um, mind you, he's an All-Star. And the guy, this guy's on an AHL contract and probably in line to be the next story of, you know, the Growler, Marley's Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Ernie ELCs, Christians, Rubens, Mason Marchman, though he wasn't with the Growlers, but he um, was found in the ECHL with the Solar Bears. What what is really what's the deal with this guy? You know, he he's a, a high scoring defenseman in the OHL. Comes in, they they put him in the Growlers, plays all situations, and then he get looks like he was shot out of a cannon this year. He's a he's an interesting story, right? Like he was just drafted you know, by Arizona back in 2017, uh, you know, fourth rounder and it didn't pan out there. And, you know, he came through that, that Ottawa 67 system, which, you know, is, you know, long been one of the best junior programs there is. And then uh, he was able to get that, that, um, yeah, like you said, that classic Marley's growlers experience, right. You know, um, was able to, you know, go on a good playoff run last season uh, with the growlers um, take on that experience. Uh <clears throat> really basically a point per game player as a defenseman down there and um, took that next step. Right. You know, so he comes in as a, you know, as a player with some edges to his game um, and, and the Marlies, you know, as we've seen time and time again, like you said, you know, they, um, they take their time with players. They're very patient. Um, you know, he came in certainly, you know, with all sorts of um, optimism, right. You know, CHL defenseman of the year, top OHL defenseman, uh, but, you know, you, you can sort of get a little bit caught up in those numbers, you know, for a totally. player, you know, you know, who's, you know, late in his junior career. So you, you got to 
put that kind of in its proper, you know, context, but, uh, you know, he's, he's just steadily um, found his game and, uh, you know, I don't think he'll be on an NHL contract much longer at this rate. Absolutely. The central division, let's move on. Uh, let's get centered here. So the forwards, Thomas Borlo of the San Jose Barracuda, Michael Carcone of the, or Carcone, sorry, of the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, oh, sorry, that's Pacific. Uh, my bad. Let's just go with the Pacific then. Uh, sorry, so that's Pacific Division All-Stars. Uh, Thomas Borlo of the San Jose Barracuda, Michael Carcone of the Tucson Roadrunners, uh, Seth Griffith of the Bakersfield Condors, Matthew Phillips of the Calgary Wranglers, Andrew, pa- Andrew Podorowski of the Coachella Valley Firebirds, TJ Tynan of the Ontario Reign, and those are the forwards for Team Pacific. On defense, you've got Riker Evans of Coachella Valley, Brad Hunt of the Colorado Eagles, Daniel Miromanov of the Henderson Silver Knights, along with Christian Wolanin of the Abbotsford Canucks. Between the pipes, you got Dustin Wolf, friend of the show, Calgary Wranglers, and Lucas Dostal of the San Diego Gulls. Pat, what are you thinking? Good mix, right? Like, you know, some real classic uh, veteran types. Some like, uh, big names. Yeah. You know, a Tynan, a Podorowski, uh, you know, Carconi's really emerged this year. But then you also got high, high-end prospects like a Bordolo, you know, a rookie who's just, you know, been fantastic, been right at the top of the rookie scoring this year. Um, you got some guys that are, you know, on that cusp, like a Carconi, um, uh, Phillips, right? You know, Miramanoff uh, is another guy really – uh, there and then you know uh, kind of a little bit of a I don't want to say a reclamation, uh, but Christian Morlana definitely uh, you know he's had so many injuries early in his career and this year is just he's gotten healthy and for him this year it's just been a real good uh, you know chance to, to play a lot and uh, you know I think there's certainly an opportunity there depending on what Vancouver does with their with their roster you know here in the second half uh, for him to definitely make a push for an NHL job. Miro Madam's an interesting case. You know, he he's he really popped this year offensively, yeah. especially last year. He had 40 points in 53 games as well. Is he is he gonna be permanently with Vegas or could we see him in Henderson down the stretch? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um I love everything about Miro Manoff, you know, on and off the ice. Uh, you know, a little background on him is uh, you know, he he came over here early, uh, played in North America, really got his English down early coming over from Russia. And he's kind of almost just been like the welcome committee for uh, for the other Russian prospects uh, with Henderson. And, you know, it's it's been a huge advantage for those players, you know, especially coming to the big market like Henderson slash Las Vegas. And uh, coaching staff raves about, uh, you know, the character and leadership that he shows. And um, he's uh, he really has that, that offensive touch. Uh, and he's he's a great story, right? Like he he came, you know, he turned pro. He ended up uh, in the ECHL. Uh, for a while and then um, you know kind of was able to eventually find himself an opportunity with Henderson and then um, has just taken run with it and uh, you know you know both present and like I said past uh, head coaches you know they they speak so highly of him and you know every time you, you know I've spoken with him you, you just come away thinking like this is a guy that gets it you know he's just got a great head on his shoulders and um, real smart like you, you know that, that definitely transfers on the ice as well and uh you know, so a uh, real nice success story there for Anderson and, and by extension, Vegas. Let's move over to the central. Um, let's start with the forwards. Riley Barber of the Texas Stars. David Gust of the Rockford Icehogs. Tommy Novak of the Milwaukee Admirals. Lucas Reichel of the Rockford Icehogs. 
Brett Sini of the Rockford Icehawks as well, and then Sammy Walker of the Iowa Wild. On the back end, you got Declan Chisholm of the Manitoba Moose, Thomas Harley of the Texas Stars, Max Lajoie of the Chicago Wolves, Brian Lashoff of the Grand Rapids Griffins, and then between the pipes, you've got Jesper Wallstadt and Yaroslav Asakarov. Now, this is a stacked division when it comes to prospects and young talent. It may be the most exciting um, list that we've mentioned. I think that we've touched on almost all these guys. Not that we're not going to do it right now, but like throughout the show, these guys have, have come up because they are the most exciting players, some of the most exciting players in the league. But someone I want to ask you about is Sammy Walker. This mm-hmm. guy seemed to be coming out of the woodwork. You know, Minnesota native, signed with the team out of college, AHL All-Star. What what kind of player is this? Yeah, he's kind of like Mr. Minnesota, right? Like he was uh, he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning, did not sign with them. Um, he played um, he plays college hockey uh, at the University of Minnesota. He was a captain there for three years, which is actually a, a record for that program for the longest uh, held captaincy. Um, and kind of your classic uh, story as a, certainly an undersized player by, you know, a lot of conventional wisdom, but uh, he – got that free agency um, opportunity come coming out of college and uh, signed with his hometown team, Minnesota. He's already gotten uh, some games up there. And uh, when he's been with Iowa, it's just been uh, fantastic. Um, typical, like a lot of those players, he has to get stronger, you know, better, better, you know, the board battles and, and, you know, you know, in, in tight, but uh, you know, he's smart. He's got a good head on his shoulder. Certainly, you know, you know, speaks well the fact he was a, a captain as a second year player at the university of Minnesota, you know, a premier program like that, uh, you know, and uh, I think the wild got definitely got a good one with him. Lucas Reichel. I mean, he, he hasn't been on the show, but he's basically a friend of the show. Cause we talk about him so much guys, filthy. Um, I don't even know what to say about him, but I listen, all I'm going to say is if, if he does make it down and he's in some sort of breakaway challenge, I, I put my money on him. The hands on him are ridiculous. But Declan Chisholm, the Manitoba Moose, you know, he's making his first all-star appearance, a player that a lot of people seem to forget about. I think that a lot of the conversation has been centered around Billy Heinle, um, behind what is a very log jam defense. But Declan Chisholm is a very, you know, high-end prospect in his own right. He's a very mobile skater, good with the puck, good vision. And he's not, and he, he came in as a, a sort of offensive defenseman, mm-hmm. and now he's become more well-rounded, a great puck transporter. Someone I think that will be an NHL player, um, undoubtedly. And I think that, you know, whether it's with the Jets or not, it's a different question. But I, I think he screams at NHL upside. It'll be interesting to see how he fares um, against some of the best in the league. Let's move on to uh, – actually, wait. Is that the last one? I guess it is. With That's our last, uh, last team. Gosh, I thought there was another one. So – Let's get to uh, our prospect of the week while we're at it. And this guy, you know, so he he didn't make the all-star team from his team, but he's having a great year in his own right. And that is Ridley Gregg of the Belleville Senators, prospect for the Ottawa Senators organization. 22 points in 23 games. He was hurt early in the year, so it kind of, you know, bogged him down in a sense. But now that he's playing in all situations, a high level of reps, the 2020 first-round pick is off to a very, very, um, you know, strong stretch to his season. It's kind of early to, to predict what his ceiling will be. Um, but from my vantage point, it's a player that has a great, you know, compete level. He's progressed as he's gotten more responsibility. He's playing on the power, playing the penalty kill, five on five, you name it. And he plays with jam, which is a term where it's mm-hmm. kind of like bite, grit. He's got that kind of, you know, compete factor to him, which makes it really intriguing. The question will be, 
can he produce offense consistently like he is now, but at the NHL level, that's kind of the real thing with him. But Ridley Gregg is, you know, I, I remember reading throughout, you know, whenever people are throwing out names and whatever for trades and whatever, how Ottawa, like they're not going to part with Ridley Gregg. And I, I wondered like, oh, I mean, I wonder why. But this year I could definitely see why that's the case. He's a player you, you don't want to, you know, cut loose too early. Yeah, you know, uh, I think back to the pandemic season and he was one of those players that had to, you know, to go back early uh, to the Western League. The Western League uh, started up. And I know Belleville and the head coach there, Troy Mann, uh, you know, there's definitely some uh, – um, you know, regret, you know, having to let him go because he, he just played really well in that time. He was there. He was there for about seven games. And um, Did he get right off the bat as an 18-year-old, played a very feisty game and, um, you, know, you know, really didn't show any sort of uh, signs of, uh, you know, having almost missed a year of action. So um, he came back. You know, he's a player I think would have benefited certainly by being the AHL sooner, but – He's come in this year and just been a, a real, real force, you know, again, like very assertive, you know, and I think that it really shows through his play, you know, like when he's at his best, I think he definitely is playing with that, that edge. Um, and uh, he's, he's been, uh, I think everything you'd want if you're the Ottawa Senators here, you know, for the first half really of his uh, first pro season. He strikes me as a guy that I could completely see having a, a playoff where he just proves I, I can be the guy here. And then mm-hmm. next training camp, he makes the team, but also uh, by the, you know, on the other side of the corner, I could also see him coming back next year and, and being in Belleville. I, I could see it either way, but he has that sort of, I don't want to say clutch gene, but he, he has that gamerness to him where I could definitely see a strong playoff paying dividends for him. Yeah. So, his, his father, you know, his father, Mark Gregg played a long time at the NHL and NHL levels. Um, you know, he's a, scouting world now with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, you know um, so you know he certainly grew up you know you know in that hockey environment got a, you know a lot of uh, you know good advice good education early on uh, that I think really served him well and uh, you know he was he was well prepared you know coming both two years ago and then certainly coming in now as a 20 year old let's head over to our team of the week and that is the Carolina Hurricanes their prospects in the AHL with the Chicago Wolves we're just gonna go over you know, some of the notable names to keep an eye on and, and kind of who's impressing, who's struggling and everything in between. Let's start out with Ryan Suzuki, um, 21 year old center, 28th overall um, pick in the 2019 draft, missed the first two plus months this year with an upper body injury, six points in 10 games to start the year. But this is a player that while he has all the tools, he's really struggled to get not only be consistent and produce the pro level, but stay healthy. It's a pretty important year for him. And while this recent stretch is semi-encouraging, it's definitely kind of a mystery to see how his career will end up, you know, charting out at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's just such a such a tough spot, right? Like, you know, you're you're a young player, you're you're trying to find your way. Um, he was another one of that kind of that pandemic class uh, that got got into the HL early. Um, you know, that first season, that was actually a year that uh, Carolina split the Chicago Wolves with Nashville. So, you know, that was tough team. to break. Football yeah. Team. Yeah. To, to break into that lineup in some ways, you know, because, you know, you had that much more, you know, competition. Uh, yeah. And then last year, yeah, the, the, the injuries, you know, and just, you know, it, it just really makes it tough to evaluate a lot about his game. That's just, you know, when you're running those, those injury situations that, uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen him get a great opportunity, you know, had, had he been able to play last year in the Colorado Cup playoffs, um, you know, 
players just take such a jump uh, going through that experience. But the good thing is now he's uh, back in the lineup. Um, now's a chance for him to really, you know, take it and run with it, right? Like there's definitely a lot of ice time available right now with Chicago. Um, they're a team that's, you know, they've gone through a pretty rough season uh, having lost uh, so much of their talent from last year. Uh, so this is a chance for him to, you know, try and quote unquote be the guy, you know, and, um, you know, take a lot of that burden onto himself and, and really, really have a good strong second half. I think if he can do that, uh, you'd be pretty happy if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. Jack Jury uh, is another guy where I think that heading to this year, a lot of people thought he would be regular with the Hurricanes. But further to that, I think, and I realized this when I was preparing for the show. I think that also people forgot to remember that Max Pacioretty was a pick, a player they acquired and definitely left left spots to be available. And in turn, Ste- Stefan Nosen, who came out of the woodwork after being an elite AHL player, has carved out a role as well. So in turn, Drury's kind of on the outside looking in. He split this year between the Hurricanes and the Wolves, two assists in 21 games in the NHL level, nine points in 13 games in the AHL, eight of which have come in his last seven games. I think it's an interesting case with Drury because he's sort of a safe player. Um, he's not really sexy in the way that he contributes to the game. What what he, you know, his output is sort of, you know, understated and kind of in a good way. He, he's stealth. He's defensively responsible. But I always thought there was maybe some offensive upside there. But I think with even now, as we're seeing him, how all these reps and the, the Chicago cast of last year has moved on. It's kind of apparent he's probably not going to be a third line middle six guy, probably more the fourth line. So that's kind of where I think he's at right now. I mean, you should know what you think. Yeah, he was, you know, he was a player that last season, um, you know, he started well, right? Like he just continually got better and better and better. And then by the playoffs, I mean, he was an absolute force. And, you know, he was, you know, third, finished third overall in playoff scoring, um, delivered everything there. And, you know, he went pretty far, you know, this year in training camp with, with the hurricanes uh, before he finally was sent to Chicago and got some time back up with Carolina now um, back with Chicago again. So I think the main thing for him is to st- stay in one place for now, right? Like, you know, if you can avoid that kind of that, uh, you know, elevator situation up and down, um, you know, I want to see him a lot like Suzuki uh, be the guy, right? Like, or be one of the guys. And uh, I think if he can do that, um, you know, this is his team now, right? Like last year, he was somewhat part of the supporting cast with so much veteran talent there. Now, I mean, this is a team that that needs all the help it can get, right? And they're they're in a battle for you know already, you know, um, for for a playoff spot. Uh, they're not going to really have any time to uh, to lose here uh, to get back, you know, really, you know, into a good situation playoff wise. So um, if uh, if he can do that, uh, they would certainly be happy, right? I mean, but, uh, you know, so you're going to see uh, there's going to be some high-pressure games here coming down the stretch in the second half, uh, you know, for the Chicago Wolves. And I think if, uh, you know, if they are to make the playoffs this year, a lot's going to ride on, you know, like a jury, a Suzuki, you know, those type of guys. One of my favorite prospects in, in the Hurricanes organization is Jamison Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, second-round pick in 2019 draft, uh, 5'11", four left winger, who last year was, was a very good player in a supporting role for the Wolves. And he's one of those guys where you thought, okay, maybe, you know, with in, in more ice time he could produce. That doesn't always happen. But this year it has 20 points in 25 games. 
He's a player that plays with a lot of grit, a lot of intensity. He's relentless on the forecheck. I, I see, in my mind, a fourth-line NHL player um, in the making, but with third-line upside. I think that the offense you're seeing, he's got great vision, good passes and tight, can make plays in front of the net, and those are important things that you need, especially with bottom six forwards having more offense in today's game. I'm a big fan of Reese, and yeah, I think that he he's done everything that they could have reasonably expected this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, you know, a little way a little bit reminds me of Ridley Gregg in that regard. Like he plays a real kind of chippy style and um you know he's on the small side, you know, so like more power to him. Um of course that, you know that's always a you know a little bit of a fine line to walk for for, for smaller players to you know, be able to play that sort of game and, and still stay healthy. Um um you know, he's been on the lineup for a couple of weeks, you know, but, um, you know, yeah, he's uh, taken a good step this year. Last year was a tough, tough road for him. Right. I think, I think he got just a little bit lost in the shuffle last season. Um, you know, that was such a deep lineup. Um, he had had a reasonably good start to, you know, his pro career, you know, back in the pandemic year and then comes in last season and it's just, you know, that's a tough lineup to crack. And, um, you know, but now again, like, He's they're counting on him. They need they need all the help they can get right now in terms of production and uh, every little bit uh, that he can provide will certainly be welcome. Um, so I think uh, when he does get back in the lineup um, again, I want to see him here just have a real dominant second half and then uh, you know set himself up well either for a playoff uh, opportunity or you know go up to maybe the Carolinas, a Black Ace, uh, and then have a good summer and uh, make a push next season at training camp. Noel Gundler, raw, you know, prospect that kind of trying to tread water and find his way within this year. Second round pick in 2020, right winger um, of Swedish descent. What have you seen from him, Pat, this year? Yeah, you know, like, you know, very typical players that have played in the Swedish Hockey League for a while. Uh, Well-trained, you know, kind of like a lot of the details of the game are already, you know, pretty squared away. Uh, He came over late last season, uh, got some playoff time as well, so. I thought that was good for him um, just to kind of dip his uh, toes into the water over here. You know, it was his uh, first time over in North America uh, in terms of, you know, you know, competition wise. And, uh, you know, he, he did reasonably well, I think with it. And uh, this year, you know, he stepped in and uh, he's, I think he's been off to a pretty good start. Uh, it's tough that, I mean, it's just Chicago's had such a rough go of it, um, especially early on. They've, they've gotten it together a little bit more lately, but um, so, you know, it, it's, it does complicate things, I think, for a player that's still it's always finding his way over here. But uh, I think he's been uh, he's been reasonably solid, all, all things considered. We have one more before we cap it off, and that is Vasily Ponomarov. Tell me about this guy, Pat. Yeah, kind of another typical Carolina Hurricane uh, find, yeah. you know, like a second overall or uh, second round pick, I should say, um, you know, on the smaller side, like, but kind of a stocky um, um, type uh, player. Um, you know, he, uh, a lot similar, like, like to Gunler got, uh, a chance to come over, uh, late last season, got some time in the playoffs as well. And, you know, he'd been in the KHL, you know, and then before that he was actually in the, the, in the queue, but, uh, uh, this year has been really good. You know, I think, uh, you know, real, real, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, you have to be pleased with what you've seen so far. Um, you know, both production wise, I think just overall game wise and, uh, you know, He's uh he's another one like this whole cast that we've talked about right like this is they're counting heavily on that that group right like hundred percent um because the depth does fall off a little bit uh, after them um so uh 
they definitely need these young prospects to, to really show well here in the second half. Uh, and I think, you know, Ponomarov has, he's given every indication that uh, there's a lot more that he, you know, he has, but so far so good with him. Agreed on that front. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in for this week's episode and we'll be sure to uh, hit you back with another team of the week, another prospect, more topics and whatever else happens in between. But until then we'll, we'll see you next time.